This is episode three of Essential Oils by Design. Essential Oils by Design, the podcast about essential oils and human design and how they work so beautifully together. We're your hosts, Roz Isbell and Nani Chisire, and there's three things we're both passionate about, essential oils, human design, and making the world a better place by helping people get both in their lives. Hi, Nani. Hi, Roz. How are you today? Good. It's night here. Oh, it's day here. <laughs> today, Nani, we're going to have a chat about human design and the five types, aren't we? Yes. You might remember back from episode one when we were explaining what human design is that there are five types in human design and understanding which type you are and what that means for you can make a huge difference in your life, can't it, Nani? It sure can. Yeah, I believe that it gives you permission to just be yourself. I think something that drew me into human design was kind of the humor of it. Once you find out what typical things your type does, you can find amusement. You're like, oh, yeah, that's generator thing to do. <laughs> um, I do that all the time. <laughs> I'm such a manifesting generator. I say to reckon I say that to myself four times a day. Such a comfort. Yes, we don't we don't need to take ourselves too seriously, I don't think. That's no. my opinion. But exactly. So what we'll do today is we'll run you through the five types and just give a brief overview of who they are and how they act in the world. Because as far as human design is concerned, if you are living your strategy according to your type, then nothing else really matters. Everything just flows beautifully for you. You don't really need to know anything else. So we'll start off with the first of the five types, which of course has to be the manifester, doesn't it? Because the manifestors are the ones that get the ball rolling. They are the initiators. And there are approximately 9% of the population who are manifestors. Manifestors have a little bit of a trick because they have an open sacral. Now, the sacral is the red square towards the bottom of the human design chart. If you don't already have your human design chart, you can go to mybodygraph.com and grab your chart there. If you have an open sacral or a white square where the sacral is located, that means that you don't have access to sustainable life force or workforce energy. It means that you can't keep going. The only type that can keep going are the generator types, which we'll talk about in a few moments. The manifester, the projector and the reflector all have open sacrals so they can only work for a limited amount of time, an unsustainable amount of time. Now, when they are around people who have a defined sacral, they take in that sacral energy and they amplify it so they think they have a lot of energy, but they only have it for a limited amount of time. 
And if they keep pushing and pushing and pushing by using energy that they don't have, they're going to burn out. And this happens a lot because society these days doesn't really like the idea of people not working really hard. It's a generator world. So once again, understanding human design, understanding how your energy works can make a massive difference to not only how you accept yourself, but your general health. Manifestors have a strategy which requires them to inform. They have the energy to do whatever feels right to them. And the only thing they need to do when they decide to do something is let everybody in their field of impact know what it is they're about to do. So if they decide that they are going to go down to the shops and buy some milk, they need to let everybody know who's going to be wondering where they are or what they're doing, that that's what they're about to do. And then they can go and do it. And I know that's a very simple example, but manifestors sometimes forget to inform and people get angry with them. Yeah, I've actually seen this with the manifestors and informing if you have a child that's a manifestor, they want to initiate things and push boundaries, but informing them is super important. And so that you can teach them how to inform others down the road, but it also just makes your life easier with them, kind of letting them know what's happening. Yeah, Um, manifested kids are so interesting, aren't they? They kind of come bubble wrapped. They really don't get into much strife, but we as the adults think that they have to get themselves into strife because they're always off doing things. They're always the ones going off by themselves or doing things without asking permission that might look like they're dangerous but they very rarely get themselves hurt or, you know, get into trouble in that way. But they're always getting into trouble with their parents because of the things that they do. But they're not designed to, you know, wait. They're not designed to, you know, make sure that everything's safe. They just go at things. And this is the same with manifestor adults too. I've also learned um, from some of the manifestor adults that I've been around that um, sometimes manifestors need to try things on to see if they're right for them. It's different for me as a generator where I can ask my sacral, which we'll get into in a little bit, but manifestors try it on, see if it works. And if it doesn't, just don't beat yourself up about it not working because not everything's going to work. And that's actually how you can find what's right for you. Exactly. I think one of the things that can help with that is taking the time to slow down and inform because this and human design is full of lingo and occasionally I know I fall into the lingo. So I try to explain what I'm talking about. When I say they need to inform, what informing is, is telling the people around you, telling the people who are going to be affected in any way by what it is that you're about to do, what it is you're about to do. You're not actually asking for permission. You're just telling people what you're about to do. And if you do that, it's amazing how the resistance drops away and you get the freedom to do what it is that feels right. And its likelihood of success is increased 
just by the fact that you don't have people around you getting angry with you because they're not sure what it is that you're doing because they know because you've informed and informing is a really difficult thing for manifestors to do. It means they have to stop and they don't like Mm -hmm. stopping. They like continuing when they've got an idea in their head, they want to keep going. So if you're a manifestor, if you're one of those 9% of the population, if you want to do something, you have the energy to do it. You have the energy to initiate. You just need to make sure that you inform or let everybody know around you who's going to be affected by what it is you're going to do. You let them all know what you're about to do. I wanted to ask you, Roz, from what you're describing and what I know about manifestors, would you say using an essential oil that's kind of grounding would be helpful to slow them down? Something like cedarwood or lavender or maybe even just lavender for communication or what would you beautiful recommend? Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of cedarwood or even something like arborvitae, frankincense. I mean, what does frankincense mm-hmm. not work on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think those tree, you know, the big tree oils are a really great place for the manifester to go to help them to become a little more anchored in themselves and to help them to remember to let other people know what's going on. And I'll say it again, it's not about asking for permission. It's not about that at all you already have permission. You're just letting people know so that their energy and your energy lines up and allows the action to flow a lot more easily. And the next type is the generator. And that is about 35% of the population. I know Sometimes they're lumped together with the manifesting generator. So I think it's, I'm I'm not exactly sure the percentage between the two, but it's 70% for both of them. I am a generator, so I get excited to talk about this one. I think I was talking in the last podcast, but if you missed it, about being a generator and what it means. Generators are here to be the workforce, like life force energy, but you have to find the right work and do what lights you up. If you're doing what lights you up, you light up the people around you. If you're not, you're getting burned out and you're also affecting the people around you. So it's really important to find what you love. And you can find that by listening to your sacral. And generators and manifesting generators are the only two types that have a defined sacral, which gives us consistent energy. It's like a battery that can just help you keep going for a long period of time. You do still need to rest, but if you're lit up by something, it will give you consistent energy to take care of your family or your tribe. So to to really activate your life force energy, you need to find the right work and to find the right work. And the work isn't necessarily like going to your job. It's just like whatever you're doing during the day is to ask your sacral yes or no questions. And then you answer with the sacral response which is actually like a vibration in your body. And you can do this if you're um, playing around with her oils. Nani's looking at me. Just so that you know, we're recording this on on Zoom so we can actually see each other. And I've just put the blue tansy (laughs) bottle near my nose. (laughs) 
<laughs> now she has a blue lip. <laughs> I've got blue on my lip. I'm sorry about that, everyone. Okay, sorry, Nani, as you were. Yeah, so maybe we'll go into this in more depth in other episodes, but you can ask yourself yes or no questions. Your body can say a response, and it's not even, it, it's just a uh-huh or uh-uh. So as a generator, listening to my sacral response has really helped me because we often get caught up in our heads and we can tuck ourselves into or out of things and rationalize things or even get inspired by things that are not ours. And I've also initiated things that were not mine and you just waste a lot of energy. So finding the right answer for you through your sacral, it just cuts right to the clarity that you need. So that's a really important thing about generators. And maybe I'll let Roz jump in and yeah, tell you sure. everything about them. But <laughs> <laughs> Everything that Nani says is spot on for generators. Generators and manifesting generators need to respond to things in their external reality. So we, and you know that I'm a manifesting generator, a generator type, very different. Manifesting generators and generators are very different. I live with a little generator and my partner and I are both manifesting generators and I know how differently our energies work. So it's very important to make that distinction. If you ever see that there are only four types in human design, they are lumping the two types of generators in together. But all generator types, pure generators and manifesting generators need to respond to things in their external reality. And what that means is that you can't respond to ideas in your head, like Nani was saying. You can't respond to dreams or downloads or visions or meditations. You must only respond to things that show up in your external reality. That doesn't mean to say that if you have an amazing idea or if you get a huge download come to you in the middle of the night, that you can't then ask for a sign to show up in your external reality. Ask the universe, God, source, the divine, the dude, or whatever you happen to call source energy, for want of a, a better overarching term. You can ask for a sign in your external reality to show up. And if it's meant for you, if this idea is meant for you to take action on, it will show up in your external reality. But this is really, really important. If you don't respond to things in your external reality, then you'll be initiating things and chances are they won't work or it will feel like you're wading through treacle trying to get it done. And as Nani was saying, all generator types have a sacral. So this is for manifesting generators as well. We have a sacral response. It's like this decision-making mechanism inside us that allows us to answer yes-no questions just by tuning into that sacral area of our body, which is basically, it's below the belly button and above the pubic bone. That's where your sacral energy lives. And I think maybe in a future episode, Nani, we might do a sacral session with each other yeah. just to show people how it works. We won't do it today, but it is, it's amazing when you get your sacral turned on to think that you have this decision-making machine, which will only answer according to what is for your highest and best. So that's the generator and the sacral. 
manifesting generators are here to cover a lot of ground really quickly. They go fast. It's correct for them to be doing more than one thing at a time. They make mistakes and they make mistakes because they're going so fast, because they skip steps. And they also invent shortcuts because of that, which is kind of cool. All the shortcuts that have ever been invented were invented by manifesting generators. <laughs> we also, we being manifesting generators, have this thing going on, which is referred to as the nonverbal creative flow. So we get into a bit of a zone and we do things without really putting words to them, without putting words to our thoughts, even in our head. We just flow. We just go from one thing to another. It's, a, it's quite a difficult thing to describe. But I will tell you that we don't like it being interrupted. And this is where the manifester part comes into the manifesting generator. Manifestors have this same nonverbal creative flow that allows them to just go from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing without really stopping, without talking, and definitely without putting words to what's going on in our head in any way, whether it be in our head or whether it actually be spoken. So when somebody comes over to a manifestor or a manifesting generator and they are in this state, in this flow state, and they interrupt them, it can be quite frustrating, occasionally anger-inducing. And a very good thing to understand as a manifesting generator parent and potentially as a manifesting, as a manifester parent, when your kids come and interrupt you, they're not actually doing it to annoy you. They're doing it because they don't necessarily have this thing going on in their head. I think it's just a really interesting thing to know about manifestors and manifesting generators. Mm -hmm. Have you got anything that you want to add? Because you grew up in a family of manifesting generators and I'm yes. sure that would have been an adventure. Yes. Well, I think what I realized after I learned human design is that I can multitask somewhat, but it's not necessarily my desire to multitask as much as the manifesting generators that are in my life. And there's also just a lot of physical energy. And you know, Nani, I think one of the most amazing things about knowing even just a little bit about human design is understanding that we are built differently. You know, there's yeah. five different types and the chances of everyone in a family unit being the same type. Well, I do a lot of family work and I really, in fact, I don't think I've ever seen a family made up of all the same type. There's always, in my experience, different types within a family and just understanding that everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone uses yeah. their, their energy differently. Everyone has a different strategy to get things done. It makes so much difference. It makes so much difference. You know, when you're watching television and you see somebody and the way that they do something, you think, oh, they must be this type. It helps you to accept yourself so much more, yep. but it helps you to accept others. Yeah, I'm a, I am so amazed by the amount of creation a lit up manifesting generator can produce. I know some <laughs> kids that are just creating and creating and creating. It's awesome. Like, it's, and it's beautiful because yeah. they're going to be really beautifully aligned and that's why they can get so much done. 
Yes. And the reason I was talking or thinking about physically moving is because it's important for both generators and manifesting generators to move their bodies every day. If you're not sleeping well, you might actually just not be moving enough when you're awake. So that's just a little side tip. That's Um, right. Generators and manifesting generators need to wear themselves out every day because if they don't, they'll be lying in bed at night wondering why they can't sleep. And their sacral Mm -hmm. isn't worn out. Their sacral isn't ready to go to bed. And so it's really important if you're lying in bed and you're a generator type and you can't sleep, the first question you need to ask yourself is, did I actually do enough today? There can be other reasons, of course, for you not sleeping, but that's going to be right at the top of the list for many people. I was just going to ask about essential oils for the two types. I know for generators, I I like peppermint a lot because it dissolves frustration, but I also like the respiratory blend in doTERRA. It's called Breathe. It helps manifesting generators too because it has some cardamom in there, which helps with anger and frustration. So if I could recommend one for someone to try, that's that's the one I'd go to for the majority of the population. Yeah, it's a beautiful oil and so effective it just it increases your output anyway if nothing else which can be a bit scary if you're a manifesting generator but (laughs) i don't know i quite like the idea of being able to get a lot done yes um for manifesting generators i think arborvitae is a really beautiful oil it allows you to still do and allows you to still create but it is an anchoring oil yeah, that goes along with the manifestor years too of the manifesting generator and grounding yourself or yeah. slowing it down because you also need to inform after you yeah. wait to respond. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, the manifesting generator's strategy, it, it's a little bit more complex than just waiting to respond, which is the generator's strategy. The manifesting generator They need to wait for things to show up in their external reality to respond to. Then they need to envision what that might look like in their mind. Just sort of try it on. Think about how it might feel if you actually went ahead and did that. And if it feels okay, it looks okay when you've tried it on in your mind, then you ask your sacral, should I do this? If your sacral says, "Uh uh-huh, then you go to the next step. If it says, "Uh uh-uh, drop it like a hot potato. But if it says, "Uh aha, the next step, so this is like step four, the next step is to inform those in your field of impact. And once you've informed everybody, then you take action. So there's five steps. The manifesting generator has probably the most complex, not necessarily the hardest, but the most complex of all of the strategies. So it's See something in your external reality, envision what it might look like to do that, ask your sacral, sacral says yes, then you inform those in your field of impact and then lastly, after you've done all those things, you can take action. And if you do those five things, the chances of what it is you're about to take action on working is increased massively. Yes. And imagine this is probably all happening in a few minutes because they're so fast. (laughs) (laughs) It It sounds complex and slow, but it's actually really quick. And so the fourth type is the projector and the projectors are here to be guides, to help direct and guide mostly the generators, (laughs) this big 
part of the population. So like Roz said, they have an open sacral, so they don't have sustainable energy, but they can just make sure they take breaks and rest. And if they need to, they can use other people's energy when they're around them. But the the projector, their strategy is to wait for an invitation. So they need to be invited. And this doesn't have to literally come in the form of an invitation, but it needs to be the energy of being invited. It can happen in small parts of their life, but it's more for the big things in life, like a job or marriage or buying a home or something like that. And then in between the invitations, they need to follow their bliss and just do what they love and enjoy. And an invitation will likely come out of that. It's good to keep up in this high vibration during the time between invitations because otherwise the projector will get very bitter. That's the emotion that they feel and they can project it out to other people. And then they won't get invitations because they're projecting out this bitter energy. I think the projector energy is very interesting. I'm going to let Roz tell you a little bit more about what she knows about, but I do know that they're they're wise, authentic gurus that we need to listen to. Oh, yeah, they sure are. And I don't know about you, Nani, but I've got a few projectors in my life and I really value the wisdom that they carry with them at all times. So the projector's role is to guide, manage and direct everyone else. And they do that by attracting the right people into their energy field, as Nani was saying, by being in the right vibration. And those people who are attracted to them will then invite them to help them, invite them to work with them, invite them to live with them, whatever the invitation happens to be. And What Nani said is very important. Projectors don't need an invitation to go and eat. They don't need an invitation to do the laundry, but they do need an invitation to the big things in life. They need an invitation to work. They need an invitation to career. They need invitations to living arrangements, to go and live on the other side of the world or to go and buy a house as Nani mentioned, and they also need invitations into relationships. That's a really, really big one for them. Being in the right vibration, I think, is the biggest challenge for projectors to understand that if they're not in the right vibration, if they're not following their bliss, if they're not doing things that light them up, then they won't get the invitations and life will always feel like they're wading through concrete. It's also really interesting. Projectors are even more susceptible to burnout than manifestors are. Projectors have this almost predictable life cycle. And when I say projectors, I'm talking about projectors who for the most part don't know that they are projectors and don't have a high level of self-awareness, what happens is because they're so very smart, they'll start off in the workforce and their employer will recognize how clever they are because a projector can get more work done in two hours than the average generator can get done in eight hours because they're so clever. They get all this work done, their boss recognizes it, they'll work for eight hours and their boss says to them, okay, I've got a promotion for you. So they take the promotion on 
they get to work even harder and they keep getting promoted to the point where they're working harder and longer than anyone else. They're getting amped up every single day on the generator energy that surrounds them. And you know what? By the time they get to about 35, they burn out and they have to pretty much literally sit on the couch for a couple of years until they get their energy back. And this happens to so many projectors, so many people that are so incredibly valuable to society get abused because we don't understand how their energy works. So if you feel like you are one of these people that have never been able to work long, sustainable amounts of time, there's a very, very good chance that you are either a manifester, a projector, or a reflector. Another thing about the projector energy is that it's great for projectors to have a trusted group of people that they can talk to about what's going on for them because projector is not here to know themselves. They are very wise about other people, about other things, but they're not actually here to know themselves. And so when it comes to making a decision about which invitations to accept, because they don't have to accept every invitation they get. One of the best ways for them to make these decisions is to discuss their thoughts with other people. So they might have three or four or five people that they trust that they can talk to and see their thoughts and opinions projected back at the projector. And in those thoughts and opinions, the projector gets the answer that's correct for them. They might not agree with anything any of those people say, that's not what's important. What's important is that the projector has the ability to see the answer projected back at them through yeah. these conversations that they have with other people. Yeah, the last thing has to do with sleep and just resting and discharging energy. You're taking in a lot of energy as a projector from other people and amplifying it. So laying down horizontally helps you discharge the energy that you're taking in all day. Even if you just need a short break from the energy, just lay, where I don't know, wherever you can for like 15 minutes and see if you can let go of some of the energy that's coming in. Yeah, I like to tell people, projectors especially, but projectors, manifestors, reflectors, and people who have a lot of openness in their chart, and we'll talk about that in future weeks, to because they do feel overwhelmed they get overwhelmed by the energy around them and if that does happen one of the best things that you can do if you're not capable of shielding yourself from other people's energies and there are ways to do that by the way is find a tree if you can get outside and find a tree and back up to the tree and let the tree take all of your energy and push it down into the earth, another great thing to do is to lie on the ground, lie, mm -hmm. lie on the grass, especially if it hasn't been sprayed with some horrible toxic poison. But sometimes you can't get out of everyone else's energy and you need to go to the bathroom, close the door, be by yourself just for a few minutes to dispel this energy so that all that built-up energy inside you has a chance to dissipate. 
Yeah, and that leads me right into the oil. I actually have worked with a projector who knows human design and knows about being a projector and tested out some oils and digest then, that's the doTERRA name. So it's like a digestive blend. So it's probably like peppermint and ginger and some other oils that are in there. Um, maybe Roz knows what they all are. Yeah, digest soon, Scott. Ginger and peppermint and caraway, coriander, anise, tarragon and fennel. It helps you actually like digest energy because projectors need to digest information in small bits, digest energy from people, digest food in small bits, maybe even eat multiple times a day instead of regular meals that we're told to eat. So yeah, that's the one that I would recommend for projectors. I don't know, Roz, what would you... I think that's a beautiful suggestion. One thing I find very interesting about projectors is they can be very sensitive to the oils. And in my experience, projectors often are attracted to oils that are a little bit different, you know, a little bit, not necessarily the prettiest oils. In fact, quite often they find the florals very overwhelming. I know a little projector, my niece, loves the cleansing blend, which doTERRA calls Purify. And it's got some really interesting things, but she really likes it. It's got lemon and lime and all the furs, pine, citronella, melaleuca or tea tree, as we call it here in Australia, and cilantro. So it's, it's a it's not one that I necessarily like. It's very, very effective at cleansing. It's great for... Um, purifying probably energy that you're taking in from other people. Exactly. And that's what works for her. So for projectors, I think there's a couple of oils, a a single oil that most projectors seem to quite like and enjoy using is lemon. And another blend, which is really effective for bitterness, and that is the not self or the, the low vibration emotion that projectors can experience when things aren't quite going right for them is the blend which is the renewing blend that doTERRA call forgive but for projectors like I said they often don't like certain oils so they need to play around with it a little bit and find what they actually resonate with what works for them yep and sometimes good to just start with a single oil so you don't get overwhelmed by multiple oils oils Mm. in a blend. Mm. So that's another way to start. And then the fifth type is a reflector and reflectors are lunar beings. They go by the cycles of the moon. And I actually have a reflector in my house. So I have lived with this energy and it's very interesting to have to wait. They basically, the strategy is to wait varies between 28 and 29 days Mm. for a cycle of the moon to make a decision. And they need to bounce what they're thinking about off of people that they trust during that time so that they can get to their decision by the end of that time period. They are open in every way. Every single center is open in a reflector. They're here to reflect back what's going on in their community. I think Roz has something to say, so I'm going to let her oh, help, yeah. help out with this. <laughs> I, I love reflectors. I, I don't live with one, and I, I haven't had a lot to do with them. But those that I do know, I just love their energy. I love being in it. I must say, though, I think it would be particularly interesting to be a reflector and have to wait a month to make a decision. 
that's literally what they have to do. Their energy works with the moon. So as the moon goes through all of the different energies in human design, and there's 64 of them that the moon goes through through the course of that month, they feel different. So they're feeling different all the time. A couple of times a day, they change. And it's possible to map that out and to know how you're going to feel as a reflector on a particular day, depending on what day it is in your lunar cycle. So reflectors are here to reflect the state of their own community. They're kind of like the canary in the coal mine. If a reflector is doing well, if a reflector is happy, then that is a reflection of their community, of their tribe, of their family, of the people that they spend most time with. If a reflector is not doing well, same, same. That's a reflection of the people that they spend most of their time with. So they're, they're kind of like our beacon. The last thing about the reflector is the essential oil that would help them or support their, their type. And for me, I think it's frankincense. They're connected to everything and everyone. And frankincense is an awesome oil. That's the oil I would pick. No, I, I think you're 100% right there. Frankincense has this ability to amp up everything else that it's put with as well. And it's kind of like, I see the reflector as being all things to everyone. And I think that might sound really strange. That might sound like a strange thing for someone to say about a reflector, especially Nani with you being so familiar with the energy. But to me, they are, you know, they're always sampling. They're always out there working out what's going on with everyone else. And they're kind of the energies dipping in and out all the time. And so I see that as being all things, being in all places. And that is exactly what frankincense does. If you had to have one oil with you, and this is not a what's your favorite oil question. This is a, if you had to have one oil with you, what would it be? Most of us who have essential oils in our life already would say frankincense because it can do pretty much everything. So I think that's a brilliant oil to suggest for reflectors. We will talk about others down the track. Okay, Nani, so is that it? Should we wind up? Yes. Okay, I think we've talked long enough. Yes. <laughs> so if you are interested in getting some of these essential oils into your life, if you don't already have a doTERRA essential oils account and you would like to get one, you can go to either of our doTERRA websites. The details are in the show notes and we would love to help you out. If you have any questions about anything we've discussed today or anything that you would like us to talk about as far as human design or essential oils or both is concerned, you can email us at oilsbydesignpodcast at gmail.com and we would love to address those questions in future podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye, Nami. Bye, Raz. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.